You know, if you really stop to think about it, no, no true Christian can really be happy living in disobedience. You really think about that. You know, I heard something in a church several years ago, and I hope I never forget it, and I want you to listen to this. The most miserable people in this world are not lost people. The most miserable people in this world are Christians living like lost people. Hmm. So think about that as we go to the Lord in prayer together, would you? Father, as, as we seek your heart today, Father, may your words come upon our hearts and, and just open us to obedience to you, Lord, that we might see your joy and what you're doing and be right in the middle of working for you, Lord, doing what you are calling us to do. And I just pray, Father, that your heart just shines through all of us, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, friends, we have every good reason to live in obedience to God. And, and this chapter uh, that we're going to go through in chapter 3 here, we're going to see four great ways to obey our God when you really think about it. First of all, and, and I think this is something all of you recognize, and it's so important, you know, we obey Jesus by praying to, to the Lord and talking to him and really getting to know him. I mean, how else do you get to know anybody? But you've got to spend time talking to him. We should be like the apostles in verse one where he says, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer in the ninth hour. You see, devout Jews had three special hours set aside for prayer each and every day. In these verses, Peter and John went to pray at about three in the afternoon. And Peter and John went to pray, verse one, because they wanted to be obedient. They wanted to be obedient to the Lord because they wanted to draw close, closer to the Lord. They needed that. Jesus left them the Holy Spirit, and they knew that this is how they're going to draw closer. Because they knew the power of prayer, what Jesus had taught them. They knew what prayer could do in both of their hearts and both in this world that they lived in. Peter and John went to pray, and a man born with a serious birth defect was miraculously healed. They went to pray, and in chapter 4, we'll find out that <laughs> you know, tell us about 5,000 people getting saved. All of these great things happened because Peter and John were obeying God's command to pray, to talk to him. You know, there's no question that God's commands, that he commands us to pray. No question about that at all. For example, Matthew 5, Jesus said, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Hmm. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, When you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the, your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And in Matthew 9, 37 and 38, Jesus told his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. 
Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest. You got that? To send out laborers into his harvest. On the night before the cross, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed in agony to the Father. Prayed in agony to the Father. In Matthew 26, 40 and 41, Jesus came back to the disciples. Remember that story and found them asleep? <laughs> then Jesus said to Peter, what? You know, could you not watch with me one hour? Really? <laughs> watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, you know, one of the best ways the Lord showed his love for children was by praying for them. In Matthew 19, 13 to 15, Then the little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. You know, those kids, those parents, <laughs> they knew what prayer could do in the lives of their children. We all do too, don't we, I think? I'm pretty sure. And God wants us to know more and more the incredible value of prayer. Pure prayer. You know, it can change our lives and it can change the world around us. It can. So we should obey, right? By, obey Jesus by praying but also by giving to the Lord. We see this truth starting in verses 2 and 3. And a certain man came, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to him to ask palms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. That man in verse 2 was lame from the day he was born. You get that? Remember that? He was never able to run like a child, never able to take a step, never able to even take care of himself much. But <laughs> he was reduced to begging at the gates of the temple. And he tried to beg for money from Peter and John, but verse 4 through 8 God used Peter to give that man more than he ever imagined, didn't he? Starting in verse 4, fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us, look at us, he's saying to this guy. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones were received strength. So he, so he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Wow. You see, God wants his people to be givers. And notice that we give out of what he's given us. That's what we have to remember. We give out of what he's given us because we have nothing without him. 
For Peter that day, it was a special gift of healing. What a gift that was, wasn't it? I mean, what a miracle. This was the greatest day this lame man had ever had. He had never been able to take a single step in his whole life. I wonder how old he was when he began to see that there really was something wrong with him, something missing that other kids could do and he couldn't do. wonder how old he was when he realized that. And then to know or believe that pff, that's never going to change and never be able to do any of those things. But now this day came and he is walking and leaping and praising God. <laughs> you know, what a change, isn't it? What a day. And you know what? By the way, that day, a day like that is coming for all of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Healed everything that we even thought we had a problem with. Whatever is wrong with us will be made right. Whatever is weak in us will be made strong. Whatever holds us down just seems like it just keeps us where we are. We're going to be freed from that. But in these days, we give the Lord what he's given to us. We give from what he's given to us. For Peter that day, it was a special gift of healing. And the Lord wants us to give what he has given to us. A little boy gave his lunch <laughs> and 5,000 people were fed. Hmm. Widow gave her two mites and, and the Lord said it was the biggest gift of that day. We are to give what the Lord has given to us. Peter had to say, silver and gold, I have none. But many of us can say that God's given us great abundance in many ways, hasn't he? And one of the most precious things that God has given to us all of the time is our time. That's one of the most precious things that he's given us. We see struggling and things going on all over, don't we? We've all felt it. And, uh, but he's given us time to come to him, to know him, and know his freedom and his joy. You know, what if Peter that day had told that man, hey, you know, we'd love to help you, but I don't want to be late for temple service. <laughs> hmm. That doesn't work too good, does it? <laughs> God wants us to invest our time in the things that last forever. His word. His church. That's what he's calling us. And his people. The ones that he loves. We give what the Lord has given to us. But we also give glory to him for that same thing, don't we? You know, the, the people there that day quickly realized that something pretty amazing had happened that day. But Peter was very careful to give the glory to God through all of it. Verse 9 through 16 says, And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. 
So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you so intently, so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Through the Lord, you get that? His name, through the faith of his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness and the presence of you all. Give what the Lord has given to you, and always give God the glory for what he's given to you in every way. This is a great way to obey him and honor him and give him glory for what he's done for you already. We should obey Jesus by giving to the Lord, but also, what that song we just sang say? Trust, yeah, trusting in the Lord. Giving the Lord, yeah. Trusting in him, and notice again what Peter said about this in verse 16. His name through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given this perf him per this perfect soundness. Faith can and will do miraculous things, friends. It will, if you trust and obey. That's the, that's it, you know. But we we as we think about faith today, what is the object of our faith? What's the object of your faith today? We don't, we should always go back to what the Lord said in Mark eleven twenty two: Have faith in God. Our faith is not in our faith or anything else. It can't be. Our faith has to be in God alone, alone. And Peter reminded us back in verse 12 that our faith must not be in our own goodness or holiness. Listen again to what he said in verse 12. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? No? Our, our faith is not our own power or goodness. It's not. Our faith is in God and our faith should be in God because Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. Not with you or with me or you. With God, all things are possible. Where else would you want to put your faith? God is big enough, good enough to take care of every need you will ever have. Ever have. Now, the story a, a, a guy named Brian Harris told about a little boy who went to the store with his mom. And, and the shop owner was, he was a really kind, nice guy, you know. And, and so he held out this big jar uh, of 
lollipops or suckers or whatever and has invited the boy to just reach in and grab a whole handful of them and, and the little boy kind of surprised his mother by hesitating and not being real sure about doing this he wasn't usually shy but he kept kind of, he was kind of holding back and doing this and so finally the shop owner reached in and pulled out a big handful and gave it to him you know and uh, when, the, when they got outside, Mom asked him, why were you so shy in there? Why, why didn't you take some suckers? And he said, the little boy answered, he said, because <laughs> his hand's a lot bigger than my hand. <laughs> yeah, because his hand's a lot bigger than my hand. Friends, God's hand is infinitely bigger than ours. We can have faith in him. That's where true faith comes from. His faith. Faith in Him. And our faith has to be in God because this is true faith. It is. And it's the only kind of faith that gives glory to God and brings joy. True joy. That lasting joy. God is the object of our faith. But also think about the influence of our faith. One more time, verse 16 says, In his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness and the presence, in the presence of you all. See, this miraculous healing came through faith. But who had the faith? It wasn't, was it the lame man? Uh, you know, it wasn't him. Maybe he, you know, was expecting a few coins or something. But uh, he got infinitely more than he ever expected, didn't he? <laughs> and it didn't come through his own faith. Peter and John were the believers walking in faith that day. Wow. And God can use our faith. He can use your faith to, to, to help make miraculous differences in someone else's life. All for the glory of God. That's what we have to remember. We should obey Jesus by trusting in the Lord. But also by telling people, you know, telling them, telling everybody about it. Peter started telling the people about Jesus in verses 12 through 16, and he continued through the end of the chapter. Really, one of the main things that Peter focused on here was the magnitude of sin. What does it do? And that's what Peter did back up in verse 13 to 15 where he said the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus whom you delivered and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go but you denied the holy one the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and you and killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. William Barclay called this, just this whole section there, the crime of the cross. And, and, and the people in the temple that day were absolutely guilty. Peter gave them the five-count indictment of their crimes. He said, you delivered Jesus up, you denied Jesus in the presence of, the, of Pilate when he was dis determined to let him go, you denied the Holy One and the just, you asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the Prince of Life. That's the five counts. What a terrible indictment, really, when you look at it. 
<laughs> but who was really responsible for the cross? Was it just the Jews in Jerusalem that day? Of course not. Of course not. It was our sin also that nailed Jesus to that cross that day. Our sin. <sighs> Isaiah 53, 6 says this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Laid it on Christ. Peter focused on the magnitude of our sin. He focused on the mercy of our Savior as well. When we begin to get the measure of our sin, when we get to understand how deep that goes, then we can also begin to understand the measure of God's mercy. That's so important. So listen to, as Peter continued in verses 17 to 19. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, so that your sins may be blotted out. We, we see in verse 18 that God had always planned for our perfect Savior to suffer for us, for our sins. Because that was the only way that our sins could ever have been forgiven. In verse 19, we see that if we turn to the Lord, our sins will be blotted out forever. Wow. Wow. Our crimes can be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our sins are completely washed away, completely by the blood of Christ. And this covering will be completed to the fullest when Jesus comes again. It will be. As Peter said in verse 19 to 21, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Pretty clear, I think. Pretty clear. The ultimate time of perfection is coming, friends. For all who trust in Jesus, and it's coming through the merciful kindness of our Lord and Savior. Peter focused on the mercy of our Savior. He also focused on the message of Scripture. God made the message clear for us all who hear it. As Peter says on in, in 22 to 26, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your, from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall come to pass that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, also have foretold these days. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first God 
having raised up his servant, Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one from your iniquities. You see, God made his message clear to us. If we'll just look at it and, and bring it in. He made it clear. You know, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from prophet to prophet, step by step, he made it clear to us. God made the message clear so we have no excuse. <laughs> and he wants us to make it clear everywhere we can. Take it out. What a difference we can make when we tell people about Jesus Christ. When we tell them. John Smithson told the story of a young girl who grew up in California during the Great Depression. And when she was 10, her family was so poor, so poor that they lived in a tent. Her home life was horrible. Her father was an alcoholic and her sisters were prostitutes. But one day a man and a woman came along and invited her, the girl to church. And they started taking her to church. And after church, they'd take her home and, and feed her and, and talk with her and, and visit with her. And they showed this young girl the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. And because of this, she eventually came to know the Lord. Remember what this girl came from. John Smithson told that story and asked if one person can make a difference. Can one, one of you make a difference out there? Listen. Then John answered his question by saying, this little girl was my grandmother. <laughs> and because of the love she showed 55 years ago, every one of her descendants are Christians and working for God. Every one of them. That, my friends, is what can happen when you share the love of God. All of these wonderful things happened because that couple obeyed the Lord and shared with that little girl. Church, <laughs> we know that we have every good reason. We have every good reason to obey the Lord and what he's given us and told us to do. Hmm. And as we go today into prayer together, May God help us to obey Jesus by praying to the Lord every day, by giving for the Lord, and by trusting in the Lord. Trust and obey. There's no other way. Right? <laughs> and by telling people about the Lord. Share what God's given. Give what he has given to you in your testimony. Let's bow in prayer together. Father, we come before you this morning. May our obedience grow in you, Lord, so that others may see your love, your truth, your light, Father, and follow your path. May we all learn to trust and obey deeper and deeper and deeper because of the great things that you have planned, Lord even though it may seem hard for us at times and seem like it's impossible. It is impossible for us, but not for you, Lord. May we trust and obey and let you do the impossible through us, Father.
Guide us this day and as we go out now this week. May we share your love. May we share what you have given to us, Lord. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.